You're listening to the Be Hooked Podcast, session 106 with Brittany. Thank you so much for joining me in episode 106 of the Be Hooked podcast. It's such a joy to have you here with me today. I'm so grateful. I know there are so many other things you could be doing, so many other podcasts you could be tuning into, and you chose this one, and that makes my heart so happy. Well, I'm delighted that you're here because we're going to talk about something we haven't talked about before on the show. That's hard to do, right? 106 episodes in. But I found a topic that I am super passionate about, that my guest is super passionate about, and we hope to be able to shed some light on this topic and maybe have you try something new. So I have to ask, are you looking for a way to shake up your routine a little bit, maybe try something new, learn a new skill, or maybe you just have some hand or wrist fatigue and you're trying to fight through that, you know you need a different motion, but you still want to craft? Well, if you said yes to any of those things, this episode is for you, my friend. So in today's show, we'll talk all about Tunisian crochet. Now, this technique is definitely not new. It's been around for ages, but like I said, we haven't talked about it here on the show, and there's not a whole lot of people who are talking about it and sharing patterns online. Now, you will find your fair share of books and free patterns and tutorials on YouTube, but there's not a whole lot of resources that are very in-depth, kind of like a learn everything you need to learn about this technique as of right now. Now, to help fill some of that void, I have Tony from TL Yarn Crafts on the show, and she is going to share all about Tunisian crochet. So if you have never tried Tunisian before, or maybe you've tried it and you want to expand on your skills a little bit, we'll cover all of that. We'll talk a lot about what Tunisian is and what you can do with it, and then we wrap it up with some strategies and techniques that you can use to improve your Tunisian skills. Now, Tony and I do talk quite a bit about some hooks and some different projects, and to find the links to those, maybe to get more information on them, head over to the show notes page. So for this episode, just type in behooked.com slash 106. That'll take you to the show notes page where you can find the resources that we talk about, the projects that we mention, because I want you to give these things a try. All right, now let's get to it. Let's learn about Tunisian crochet with Tony from TL Yarncrafts. Tony, hi, welcome back to the show. It's such a pleasure to chat with you this morning. Hey, Brittany, good morning, and thanks so much for having me back. Always a pleasure. It was a priority, really. I just loved the tip that you shared with us back in, gosh, it was last summer. Oh, uh, wow. It, I know, it, it seems like time has really just flown by, and I have wanted to have you back, and I'm just thrilled that you're here with us today. Thank you. It's uh, it's a it's a topic that I am very very passionate about. So I'm really really glad to especially chat with you because I know you've um you've uh, worked with this technique as well. So I'm curious to pick your brain about it too. 
oh yeah, I think it'll be really fun, if nothing else, to be, be able to chat with somebody who does it as much as you do as well. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's one of those things that you have really become known for or, or you really got mm -hmm. on my radar because of it and I loved that you chose it and you just took it made it your own mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of people doing that so I think it's really cool definitely thank you yeah well let's start things off with your story can you tell me a little bit about how you got into crocheting and then maybe when that turned into a business for you sure um so I uh, my history with crochet started when I was actually a teenager, and the short version of the story is I was very bored over summer break. My brothers had gone to um, stay with relatives for the holidays, and I was still at home with my mom. She was home for the day, and I was just kind of driving her insane. Um, so <laughs> she put a crochet hook and some really hideous purple camouflage yarn in my hand and taught me how to make a granny square. And I remember, um, I remember that very distinctly because she was doing something funky to um, start the square, which I now know, of course, is the magic loop. And I remember looking at that like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> um, but she showed me how to make a granny square. It eventually turned into a giant blanket that I have no idea where it is right now, but I hope it's keeping someone warm, as ugly as it probably is. <laughs> um, so that was kind of my first experience with crochet. Uh, I worked on it for the rest of that summer, kind of put it down until I actually got married and moved um, to where I live now with my husband. Uh, there was about six months or so when I was out of college. It was 2010, couldn't find, uh, couldn't find a job. I was out of work for about six months. And um, after a while, I was just bored to tears. And I ended up at the craft store, um, one of my larger craft stores here, wandered down the yarn aisle and something about it just felt very familiar, felt very right. Um, so I picked up some hooks, picked up some yarn and kind of the rest is history as far as getting back into crochet. Um, it turned into a business in 2013 uh, when I got to the point where everyone in my household had enough hats and scarves um, <laughs> to last through the apocalypse. So I was like, I have to figure out a way to continue to make these because I love it, but pass them on to other people. Um, and that's how it became a business. And I, I guess kind of the rest is history. T.O. Yarncrafts went from a way to get rid of hats to kind of what it is now, which is completely different than where it started for sure. Yeah, that's such a cool story. I know we have a, a similar walking down the the big craft store aisle and seeing all the yarn. That's that's really mm -hmm. how my start began too. So that's yeah. cool to hear that. So what does TL Yarn Crafts look like right now for somebody who maybe isn't familiar with it? Sure. So TL Yarn Crafts kind of has two main arms to it. The one side is um, crochet design. So I design everything from accessories to home goods to garments. Um, and that's kind of the main, the main focus of TL Yarn Crafts right now. I started designing in 2015 and um, kind of never stopped. So that's where I'm, that's the main focus of the business. And then on the other side, something that kind of branched out of it is this education piece. Um, so between online uh, resources, so YouTube and different workshops that I've done, and then also in-person training, I focus a lot on educating people, not only people who are brand new to crochet, but more so people who are looking to expand their skills try new things, try different techniques, learn new stitches. Um, so people who have some foundation in crochet and just are kind of looking for that next step. Um, so 
I've, I've definitely spent a lot more time building up my YouTube channel. And that's kind of where um, Tunisian Crochet comes in. And uh, just also on my own blog that I just started earlier this year, um, kind of putting, kind of finding a place where all of that content lives. Um, and that's now on my blog as well. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I'm curious about the Tunisian part. So how did that start for you? Or when were you like, oh, this is pretty cool. I want to try this. Yeah. So funny story. I actually stumbled upon Tunisian crochet um, in late 2017 through your blog, Brittany. Um, And uh, I was I was on a Pinterest spiral as we tend to do as makers. And I saw this really beautiful piece of fabric that ended up being Tunisian Simple Stitch. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? It's beautiful. I need it right now. Um, So I practiced it and I was like, wow, this is way easier than it looks. Not hard at all. It's gorgeous. Why aren't more people doing this? Um, So I did a little bit more practicing and I was like, well, I want to, I really want to share this with people. I feel like there are people in my maker community who would like to know about this. And that's, that's the main reason that I started my YouTube channel. My very, very first video on my YouTube is my absolute beginner's guide to Tunisian crochet. Um, And it just kind of, exploded from there. What I didn't realize is there were a lot of people very interested in learning Tunisian crochet, were kind of fascinated with the fabric that it creates and the technique to it. And um, my channel grew from there. And I think also my love and admiration for this craft grew from um, really exploring Tunisian and sharing it with other people. Yeah, I just agree 100%. There are so many people out there who are interested, but Mm -hmm. Really, until you started doing a lot of videos, there wasn't a ton of information on it. And you could see pins on Pinterest, but not really somebody who was really teaching it. And I feel like you just filled a major void in the community. Yeah, I'm grateful. I think it was just kind of a perfect timing situation. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, too, like you said, there are a lot of people interested in it, but maybe they didn't have like an entry point. They didn't know where to start what tools you need, how hard is it? They had a lot of questions and not many people were giving those answers. Um, So what I was looking to accomplish was how can we package this content so it is very, very easy to digest. People would kind of take it in and really know from the get-go if it's for them because it's it's truly a very simple technique to start. Um, And especially if you already have some crochet experience and I found that a lot of people, once they give it a try, they're like, wow, I can do this. And it actually is really pretty. Like it's, I, I it love Tunisian. I could literally talk about this all day long. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I would love to tap into this a little bit. So let's try to put a visual to it. Let's say we have a listener who has never heard of Tunisian and they just, they just don't know what it is. How would you describe it to them? Um, so Tunisian crochet, I feel like is um, a lovely mix between crochet and knitting. So if we start with the tool, you're working with a crochet hook that's long like a knitting needle. And the reason it's long is because when you're doing Tunisian crochet, um, you actually pick up loops onto that long hook, which ultimately makes it end up looking like a piece of knitting. Like you, you get the loops that are on the hook so it looks like 
loops on a knitting needle. And but the difference that makes it um, unique to Tunisian is you actually then work those loops off of the hook. So you have what's called a forward pass where you pick up the loops and then a return pass where you drop those loops off of the hook. And that's what helps build the fabric. Um, so it's it's unique to itself. It definitely has some of its own techniques, but there are um, different ways that the that the hook moves and ways that um, you hold the yarn and build the fabric that are very indicative to crochet. So if you've got that crochet muscle memory, um, it's really easy to make that transition to Tunisian crochet. Yeah. And the, the thing that I really loved about Tunisian is I would go to it when I just needed to shake up the routine a little bit, especially mm-hmm. in terms of like hand fatigue and wrist fatigue. Sure. So oh, if, if you're used to doing those crochet motions for long hours, they're different enough in Tunisian that I could still sort of get my creative fix and mm-hmm. my wrist didn't hurt because I was doing something a little different. So I think that's yeah. a really cool aspect of it too. Yeah, that's a that's a really, really smart way to think about it because sometimes we do need to um, give our bodies a rest, but we don't want to stop crocheting <laughs> or whatever it is that we're doing. So maybe switching it up a little bit can be... Um, be a good way of therapy for for ourselves that's a that's a really great perception for sure so you mentioned the hook and that it's a lot different let's Mm -hmm. start there with the tools because I feel like that really is the foundation of things definitely and there's a lot of questions that circulate around the tools and the different types of hooks that are available so Mm -hmm. I guess let's first start with why you need a different hook. And you sort of hinted at this before, but let's really like set it in stone. You really do have to have a different hook. And um, so why is that? And what does it look like? Yeah. So the main reason that you have to have a different hook is because you'll end up picking up loops along your body of work. So if you've got a piece of Tunisian crochet fabric that's not very wide, for example, like I have a project um, that I use for beginners, it's an ear warmer, and it's only maybe like 10 or 15 stitches wide on worsted weight yarn. So you can, I actually encourage people to work that on a regular six inch crochet hook because it can fit on there because the piece isn't very wide. But if you want to make something larger, like a blanket or a shawl or a sweater, you're going to need a longer hook because eventually on that forward pass, you do need to pick up all of those loops. Um, So you can, and there's several different um, types of crochet hooks, uh, Tunisian crochet hooks, because since it's similar to knitting, I feel like um, Tunisian crochet hook designers kind of took a, a page out of the knitting handbook when they were making those tools. So you can have um, just a straight Tunisian crochet hook where it's just like a long piece of wood or a long piece of metal, which I'm sure a lot of people maybe have seen in some of their bigger craft stores. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones that I prefer are the ones with a flexible cord. So a nice long flexible cord because then you don't have all the weight on your hands when you're picking up those loops on the four pass. Um, so you definitely have to have a different hook, but they're not hard to use by any means. Um, and they're becoming honestly a lot easier to find, which just makes me so happy. Me too. That is one of the biggest questions I have is where do I even find these hooks? And when I go looking myself, I will typically find the the straight ones that are, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the 12 or the 14 inch and they have one or two sizes. And yeah. it's it's disappointing because, you know, writing it's... patterns, it, you want the tools to be accessible when you're doing that, but mm-hmm. it it's sort of difficult to let people know where to get them 
Yeah, it can be a little hard. It can be hard. And and even just this morning, I was um, on Amazon looking for double-ended hooks, which is different, um, is, which you'll use for a different technique in Tunisian crochet. And it's almost impossible to find like a nice <laughs> set of double-ended hooks that are the right sizes. So I think we still have a good ways to go, but at least for the, the single-ended Tunisian crochet hooks, um, there I feel like brands are at least getting an understanding that this is something that we want and this is something that they can afford to add to um, their product list. What I will say, and and I don't know if anyone of importance will hear this, but if they could just start making them in bigger sizes, because with Tunisian crochet, you have to size up your hook pretty considerably to get a decent gauge. So a hook set that only goes up to a six and a half millimeter is not big enough. Um, Having something that goes up to like a 10 or 12, even a 15 millimeter would be amazing. That would be awesome. Yes, I agree a hundred percent there, especially because people love to create with chunky yarn too. I mean, some of those like real jumbo sizes would be great and they're good for beginners because it's sort of like a quick win when they can just work with that chunky yarn. Now, I, I love working with corded Tunisian hooks as well. For me, I like that that aspect of it because it you're not limited at all, really, by what project you can create based on your hook. Mm-hmm. So I found a set online, actually on Amazon. It's from Addy. Mm-hmm. And they have an interchangeable set. And that's the one I currently use. I haven't really found a set that I enjoy working with better. And it does go, I think it goes up to an eight millimeter, which is really wonderful. It's the biggest I've found and they're mm-hmm. nice to work with. I, uh, when I was first starting out with Tunisian crochet and I, I went through this very interesting phase when I was, um, kind of hitting my stride with my business where I just felt like I needed all the yarn, all the supplies, all the tools, all the everything. And I just started just buying things. So when I got into Tunisian crochet, I was like, oh, well, I just need to try all the sets and see which one that I like. So I so I have the Addy set as well, um, which I adore. And it's also very pretty. Very, very pretty. Um, especially with the little heart stoppers on the bottom. It's adorable, mm-hmm. um, which I really do like. I, and and I agree. I think the set either goes up to an eight or a nine millimeter. But either way, it's, uh, it's awesome because there aren't many sets that go up that high. Mm-hmm. And I like the Addies because they also travel well. They're in a smaller, small enough container. So um, they're really easy to take traveling. So I do love those. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have become quite partial to the Denise interchangeable set. I don't know if you've tried those before. I haven't tried that. No. So this set, it's, I think the Denise brand in general is just very retro. It's one of those craft brands that's like, here's what we do. We do it well. We're not going to do anything else. And their customers have been like, that's fine. We're just going to stick with these things that you do well. So they have a um, interchangeable crochet hook set that I adore. It's my absolute favorite one. And it goes from 3.75 millimeter all the way up to 15 millimeter. So it's got a lot of hooks in it and it comes with the cords as well. And then stoppers. And it also has um, cord extenders in it. So you can make even longer cores if you need, or you can just buy longer cores. I, I think they're on Amazon. Um, but what just 
warms my heart is that the container that they come in is like those clamshell boxes that the old Disney VHS movies came in. Oh, no way. And I was like, you never see this anymore. And it just, it just cracks me up because they're like, the Denise brand is just like, this is, this is us, take it or leave it. And I think they're, I think they're awesome for that. But those are definitely my favorite hooks. They don't travel super well because it's kind of a big container, but um, they're, they're what I use for pretty much everything these days. And I, it's such a really good set. I will definitely have to check those out. I haven't seen that, but I love the idea to give people an idea of what they're going to have to invest. So we, well, mm-hmm. I have mentioned at least the Addy set is expensive. It was a splurge <laughs> for me. And it was mainly because I love working with metal over <laughs> wood. That's just my my personal style. I was able to make that work and and justify that cost. But somebody who's just starting out, I think it was around $120 with everything <laughs> because you had to piece it together. You buy the hooks and then you have to buy the cords separate and then you buy the stoppers separate, which is a little yeah, tedious. But yeah. <laughs> it, it was about $120. And so that's that's a hard recommendation for me to make for anybody mm-hmm. who is just wanting to try things out. Was it the same for the De- the Denise set you were talking about? Are they sort of expensive too? The um the set itself can it can feel a bit pricey, especially if you're brand new and, and not sure if you're in love with Tunisian yet. So the Denise set comes with everything included, but it's about fifty bucks. Okay. Um for the entire set. So not quite as much, but the other thing with the Denise is that all of the components are plastic. The cords are plastic, the hooks are plastic, the stoppers are plastic. So um so the materials are not as as precious as for example what's in the Addy set. Um so it gets the it gets the job done. It's not the most glamorous set of crochet hooks for sure. Um but it is a bit of an investment especially if you're brand new. I um am enamored with them. So I, I didn't find it to be too much of an investment, but if somebody's brand new, I would almost suggest even just getting like the cheapo hooks off of Amazon, like the bamboo ones to start and try yeah. it out. Um, and then if you love it, then, you know, get on the hunt for the, for the set that you really love, but no need to, to drop, you know, that much, um, when you're first starting out. Yeah, definitely. I did that when I first discovered Tunisian. I wanted a full set because I could only find two at my local store. So Mm -hmm. I found a set on Amazon and I will link to it in the show notes if it's still available. I have no clue. It's it's not Mm -hmm. like a branded thing. It's just some random seller, I think, on Amazon. But I got a full set of, gosh, it it goes down to a small, one of the three millimeter sizes. I don't have it Mm -hmm. like on hand. And it goes up to, I think, a six and a half or so. So there's several different hooks in there. I think it was like 10 bucks for the whole set. And it had this little like fabric pouch thing that you could put it in. So that's, that's great. And they're 12 inches. So you can't do large projects with them, but it'll definitely be enough to let you know if this is what you want to pursue and keep doing. Definitely. I think that's a great place to start. Okay. So Gosh, we could talk like forever about (laughs) hooks because there are a lot of different options. But I want to dig into Tunisian, the the technique, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. If if for somebody who is like, man, you know, I just don't have time to learn another new thing, what would you tell them? Because I feel like Tunisian is so worth learning. It is. It is worth learning. I think 
I think the same passion that I that I had to get back into crochet is a passion that I had for Tunisian because it's it's almost like learning another yarn craft. So kind of similarly to people who crochet and maybe want to learn knitting or knitters who want to learn crochet, feel like Tunisian is that same way. It's it's different enough that you're making a different fabric, the technique the technique is different. Um the the things that you have to learn the different skills and things are different enough. And I feel like it's a a challenge that makers kind of have this innate interest in challenging themselves and trying something different every now and then, having something new to conquer and kind of show off and be like, hey, look what I did. Look at this thing that I created. Um, I think it's it gives you kind of this personal, I don't know, pat on the back, like that wasn't so hard, but I did it and it was awesome. And it's just kind of sky's the limit from there. Once you kind of get the basics down, um, there's over 400 stitches. There's patterns coming out every day, more and more designers that are getting into it. And I think too, for anyone who's interested in designing patterns, it's a really great um, maybe way to flex your skills and and build in that area because there aren't a lot of people who are doing Tunisian crochet design. Exactly. So there's a lot of opportunity there too. There is. And I think it's important to highlight too that you can do the same things with Tunisian that you can with crochet. So like project type wise, you're not really limited at all. You can make anything with Tunisian. Absolutely. Yeah. There's just about anything. I I feel like as a beginner, um, I feel like we focus a lot on rectangles and squares and, and kind of um, simple shapes. But if you think about it, you can pretty much make anything with a different size rectangle or a series of rectangles put together. Yeah. So it's not like you have to be this super intermediate or advanced person within Tunisian crochet to make gorgeous things. You can do tons of stuff with very simple stitches. And then when you get into some shaping, you can then get into garments or more ad- advanced um, accessories. But it's really like like with any other yarn craft, it's you're only bound by your own creativity and your own interests within the craft. You can make literally anything with Tunisian crochet and you can make it as complicated or as simple as you want. Yes, definitely. Now I want to focus in on beginners. I know I know you like to do a lot of teaching and that sort of thing. So I'm sure you have some good experience with teaching somebody Tunisian crochet for the first time. If somebody Mm -hmm. is interested in giving it a try, what project would you recommend they start with? Yeah. um, So the very first project that I encourage, and I actually made a YouTube video about it, is um, this Tunisian ear warmer that I created. And it's honestly, like I talk about rectangles, it is just a rectangle that you cinch and you wrap it and make it cute. Um, So what's nice about that is it's almost like making a project out of a swatch. So if you think about a swatch, you know, maybe it's a small square or something, but if you keep going, you can turn that into something. Um, So my Tunisian ear warmer is just basically a long swatch of simple stitch. Um, But after you get maybe your first one done, you realize, well, I can make this with a different stitch. I can make this with a different yarn. I can practice with larger or smaller hooks. Um, 
You can make it in different sizes. You can then start incorporating color work. So it's one of those really basic kind of foundational type projects that you can then use to practice different techniques as you get more comfortable with Tunisian crocheting. So I think my Tunisian ear warmer is a great place to start. Um, I was looking at your website, Brittany, and your um, Tunisian crochet washcloth series, I think is a really, really great place to practice some different skills too. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, they um, it, that's that was a fun way to play with different stitches. So mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed putting that together. My first Tunisian project, and it probably wasn't, I don't know that I would recommend this necessarily because it takes kind of a long time, but I was just deeply in love with Unforgettable Yarn, which is mm-hmm. smaller, as as you probably know. And I learned the simple stitch and sort of just like you explained, I just made a few stitches and I was really just playing at that point. And Mm -hmm. it was wide enough that I thought, oh, this would probably be a pretty good scarf. So I just kept going on it and it took me quite a while to finish it. But because I loved the yarn so much, the way the the color transitions were happening with the Mm -hmm. stitch and just the movements of it, I didn't even realize that it took me so long to make. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just did so much with the simple stitch before I even branched out because it's it's such a different and unique stitch. I don't think mm-hmm. you can replicate that with crochet or with knitting. Not, no, not that I, I have I seen, yeah. Not that I've seen either. And that's one of the things that I love about Tunisian is it's so... Um, like it kind of lives in its own lane. Like Tunisian doesn't spend a lot of time trying to mimic other um, crafts. And I don't think there's a lot in Tunisian that you can replicate with like regular crochet or um, knitting. So especially the Tunisian simple stitch, I feel like is very indicative to that craft. And it's beautiful. It's so pretty. It is. Um, we have to have I a picture on the show notes page. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just such a gorgeous stitch pattern and it's so versatile too. Like I was I was looking at your website recently and I saw that lovely cushion that you made where you cross stitched over Tunisian crochet and I was like, yeah. perfect. It's a perfect application for it because it makes those cute little boxes and it's just yeah. It makes I, I'm in love with it. <laughs> it makes cross stitching so much easier when mm-hmm. when you have that sort of grid. Now, I definitely didn't I I didn't figure that out on my own. That was the idea of that to use Tunisian was inspired through one of my my Pinterest rabbit holes that I probably fell mm-hmm. on <laughs> at some point. But yeah, it does work really well for cross stitching. You know, the other, well, I guess the next stitch that I learned or that I discovered you could do with Tunisian was the knit stitch. And mm-hmm. at the time, I didn't knit and I didn't know how. And I had this horrible experience with learning from, from the get-go. So I was, me and, me and knitting were not friends at that time, uh-huh. but I loved the way it looked. So when I learned that I could basically knit with my crochet hook, mm-hmm. I just went on this crazy binge of doing the knit stitch in Tunisian. Mm-hmm. And and I love that. I, I love how you said it. it doesn't spend time mimicking other crafts, but it's cool enough that it can <laughs> because yes. you can do stitches that look like knit and you can do stitches that look like crochet you could do the double crochet with Mm -hmm. Tunisian crochet so it's it's so versatile and I hope that is a selling point if nothing else to to give it a try you know I hope so I think I think too for for people who might be on the fence I would strongly encourage try the Tunisian knit stitch it will blow your mind 
And it's so fun and really, really beautiful too. And and definitely the best way that crocheters can um, can achieve like a knit look for sure. Yeah. Well, let's wrap things up with some tips because there are little nuances that come with Tunisian crochet and they're not bad things, but they're just characteristics of the technique and there are ways to get around them. Mm-hmm. What tips do you have for the curling that happens with Tunisian crochet? And first of all, is that normal? Because that is a question I always hear. Yeah, um, it, it is definitely the the biggest gripe of, of people who are new um, is that your project will curl. And that is indicative of Tunisian crochet for a very specific reason. Um, one of the things that is unique to Tunisian crochet is for the most part, you only work on the front side of your work. So since you are picking up loops and then dropping those loops off, you never... For, for most projects, you will not turn your work. Um, so depending on what stitch you're doing, you're actually pulling the stitches forward, which will cause your project to curl in on itself. Um, that's normal. It's not something that you're doing wrong. It's just something that happens. Um, so my main tips for conquering the curl, as I say, is to go up on your hook size, which for the most part in Tunisian crochet, you'll need to do anyway. So I typically will go up somewhere between one to two full millimeter sizes higher than what's recommended on the ball band. Um, and that's what I found gives me a good enough gauge to get the the drape or the, the shape that I need for my project. So going up on hook size is definitely my first suggestion. And then um, I also encourage people to block their projects, either steam block them or wet block them, um, because that will allow those stitches to relax and move into um, move into the place where they're meant to be. Yeah, those are two really great recommendations. The other thing I like to think about too, especially from the designer side of things, is incorporate that into, or at least take that into account in your Mm -hmm. pattern. So let's say you're working on a sweater and and you're working just like two rectangles for the front and the back, and you have some curling on that bottom edge. It, It pretty much always happens on that like foundation edge. Well, it's really okay if, you know, after you've gone up a couple hook sizes, say you've blocked it and there's still a little bit of curling, well, Mm -hmm. you're going to be sewing that to another piece and that will sort of fight the curl on on its own. Also with with, uh, headbands, like you were mentioning before, Mm -hmm. a lot of times we'll have some curling with that, but you're sewing the two ends together. So it's yeah. like it will never even exist. So you never see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are some creative ways around it too. Definitely. Any other tips or questions that you hear a lot in terms of Tunisian? Um, so I get a lot um like people who say like I can't really get into it or or honestly what I get the most is people who say this has been on my list to try. I'm going to try this in in 2019 or whatever like people who got the intention of trying it. Um, I think that's the biggest step to get into it because until you get that yarn and that hook in your hand and have the intention of doing it, it's really just like a a one day kind of situation. So for those people, I say, just like sit down and try it. I kid you not, you can learn Tunisian crochet in like 15 minutes, especially if you've got some crochet experience already you can learn it so very fast. It's not 
rocket science. You don't need a whole bunch of new tools. You don't really need any new tools to try it at all. You can do a small swatch on a regular crochet hook with yarn. Um, so to those folks who say, you know, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. Just try it. I've, you'll get addicted to it. I guarantee it's fantastic. Yeah. And there's room to grow too. That's the other part that I love about it. I crave learning. It's just, it's, it's part of me. Sometimes it's a flaw. Sometimes it's a strength, but I just love learning new things. So with Tunisian, I mean, it, it can spawn into so many other things too. I'm thinking, you know, Entrelac, which is another like probably more advanced technique that uses the fundamentals of Tunisian, but it's, it just takes it up a few notches. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're just limited to learning new stitches or, and working with basic shapes. You can do so much more. You mentioned a double-sided crochet hook. So you can do mm -hmm. Tunisian crochet in the round, which is also something super cool there. Or even like cables. Yes. Tunisian crochet cables can be very, very fun. Um, and really, really have a great look to them. It's, yeah, there's lots and lots of opportunities. You know, the more you get into it and kind of explore different techniques. And even for the people who are a little bit more um, kind of passive and, and just really do it as a fun hobby, there's a lot that you can accomplish with the basic stitches too. So you can move in whatever direction, like any other yarn craft, Tunisian will be whatever you need it to be at the time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now I have to ask, do you have a favorite Tunisian project? Well, I would have to say my current favorite Tunisian project is um, a pattern that I released. It's called the Ada Shawl. And um, it's worked with a little bit chunkier yarn and it's an asymmetrical triangle shawl. So it does have uh, a little bit of shaping in it, but it's still super beginner friendly. And um, I fell in love with it because it's one of those projects that's simple enough. But again, it can serve as a foundation to really take it in whatever creative direction you want to. So um, that's definitely my favorite project right now. But my absolute favorite from day one has to be my Tunisian ear warmer because it's just such a really good introduction to Tunisian crochet and it's and you can finish it fast enough where you have one of those moments as a maker where you're like wow I like I really did that and I, I finished my first project um kind of thing so between the Ada shawl and the big the Tunisian ear warmer definitely my favorite two projects so cool I have one project that comes to mind that is my absolute favorite, and it is a pattern that I published a couple years ago now. I called it the Knit Alike Scarf, and that's mm -hmm. because that, that was when I was discovering that, oh my gosh, you can make <laughs> knit stitches with Tunisian. Mm -hmm. And again, I was using Unforgettable, and it was such a happy accident. I was using a... Gosh, I'm trying to remember the colorway off the top of my head, and I'm drawing a blank. It mm -hmm. was the um, the sunrise variant. It basically is like oranges and blues, basically colors that you would see in like a sunrise or a sunset. Mm -hmm. And the color transitions worked out so perfectly for the stitch pattern. So many people have asked me, how on earth did you do that? And my <laughs> answer is, it just happened. I would love yeah. to say that I planned it, and it and it happened that way on purpose, but it didn't. It just worked out with the gauge and the number of stitches. And mm -hmm. to this day, is one of my favorite projects. 
Awesome. Oh, you got to love that when a project just comes together almost on its own. That's fantastic. Yes. Makes our life as designers a lot easier. Right? <laughs> yeah. For sure. Oh, man. I feel like we could just chat about this for hours, but I would love to give people the opportunity to now just take action. Just go try it and connect with you. I know you have a lot of really great resources for beginners. You have a lot of free patterns and that sort of thing. So where mm -hmm. can somebody go to see some of that stuff that you have available? Sure. The very first place that I would send people would be to my YouTube channel, TL Yarn Crafts, just youtube.com slash TL Yarn Crafts. And uh, I have a Tunisian crochet video series that takes you from the very beginning, learning Tunisian crochet all the way through some other techniques, some additional stitches, and it ends with um, the Tunisian ear warmer project. Um, so I definitely encourage people to start there, um, but they can also follow my Tunisian crochet in general design journey on Instagram um, at TL Yarn Crafts and then also on my blog, tlycblog.com. Wonderful. I will have links to all of that in the show notes. So you have easy access to that. And thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me back, Brittany. I, I love it always. Okay. So are you ready to try Tunisian crochet? I hope you are. If you've never tried it before, just do me this favor. Just try it once. I promise you won't regret it. So first of all, I want to say a big thanks to Tony for such a wonderful chat today. She is such a creative and beautiful soul. I just enjoy any opportunity I have to talk with her. And then this time I could share her knowledge with you. So that makes me even more happy. So thank you, Tony, for sharing your wisdom with us today. Now, for you who is interested in trying Tunisian crochet, you do have a couple of options. So Tony mentioned some really great resources that she has for free on her YouTube channel to get started. So you can check that out. I will have that linked in the show notes. Once again, you can get there by typing in your browser, behooked.com slash 106. Now, I do want to let you know about another resource that I have available. And I'll, I'll be honest, this is a, a paid Class. It's a course that I created with Craftsy, and it's called Tunisian Crochet for Beginners. Now, I will have a little shameless plug here. It, it was, gosh, such a big part of my life in 2017, putting this course together for you and the projects within it. So this course will walk you through your first three projects with Tunisian Crochet. You've got a headband that'll teach you the simple stitch and some shaping, then we'll move into the full stitch with a full stitch cowl, which is super squishy and really comfortable. And then we learn some ribbing and some different stitches to put together a hat for the final project. Now that course is available from Craftsy, and I will also have that linked in the show notes page. The pricing varies depending on Craftsy's schedule. Sometimes they run promotions and they have it at a discount. Sometimes it's it's at full price, honestly. And as the instructor, I don't necessarily have control over that, but I, I will let you know that sometimes there are promotions. So maybe you want to hang around so you can take advantage of one of those when the opportunity arises. So you can find that linked in the show notes. You can also get there by typing in behooked.com slash TCFB. That stands for Tunisian Crochet for Beginners. I would just love for you to check out that course. I think it will teach you quite a bit. I know it'll teach you quite a bit. I've had thousands of students in that class, and I've heard thousands of success stories as a result of it. So give that a try. Give Tony's 
series on YouTube a try, and you will be well on your way to making endless Tunisian crochet projects. All right, this episode was brought to you by Red Heart Yarns. Red Heart wants to invite you to be a part of the Red Heart family and join their email subscriber list. When you do, you'll receive the latest in crochet and knit free patterns for inspiration, of course. You'll get access to Red Heart contests that they have going on, some special promotions for their yarn. And if you're like me, well, you love to save money on yarn, so it's worth it to be on their newsletter, even for this alone. So to sign up, it's super quick. Just visit behooked.com slash redheart, which will redirect you to the right place to sign up. You'll be asked to provide your name, email address, and then create a password. And if you look at the bottom of that form, be sure that the checkbox to subscribe to the newsletter is checked. That's it. Then you'll be a part of the Red Heart family. Now, the last thing I want to mention here is if you have any questions or comments about anything Tony and I talked about today, just head over to the show notes page. That comment section is there just for you so I can continue the conversation with you so that you can mingle with other listeners of the show. You can ask your questions, leave a comment, whatever you like. It's right there on the show notes page. Last time, behooked.com slash 106. Thank you so much, my friend. It's been such a joy sharing this topic with you today. I just love Tunisian, and I know you'll love it too, and I can't wait to see some of your projects. All right, so that'll do it for this week. I will be back at you same time, same place next week with another episode. I'll see you there. Bye-bye.